Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where two friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst, a Minnesota Yes, we do, little beanie. And cuddle our kitties in the process. She keeps climbing in my lap and I can't say no. Why would you? Why, why That's would abuse. I ever? Yeah, you're right. It would be abuse. <laughs> it would be abuse. I'm Lucy. That other one's the abuser. Yep, I'm Amanda, the, the abuser, the cat abuser. And unpertaining to, and I know that's not a word, um, to anything that we are getting into right now, I have a little surprise for you. Oh my God. It's extremely stupid. Okay. But my favorite you, kind of surprise. Yes. If you will recall over the years of, did you get my joke? Moments. Did you, did you hear my joke? Or hear my joke. We've often discussed how funny it would be if we had a cricket sound effect. Stop. And we recently switched to a new <laughs> recording platform. <laughs> and I uploaded one for you. So you can always go over to media if you feel like oh. a joke didn't land or I didn't hear it and give me one of these. Why is it going? God oh damn my it. God. <laughs> It's not going. Uh, oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> kind of amazing that that whole bit fell flat. Yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, now that there are two of us, I couldn't have anticipated fewer talking over my genius humor. Yeah, I hope we never <laughs> miss a joke again. But just in case, I just wanted you to ha to know that we have access to that amazing feature. And you know, let's let's get a round of applause. It's so loud. It's so fucking loud. John's going to be so mad at me. I do have the volume all the way up on the sound effects. Oh, no. Oops. Sorry, Why John. Can I, see the, I can't even see the sound effects part. People it's chat. A, oh, it's because I'm a guest and not a host. Yeah. I own this room, bitches. Damn it. No. <laughs> boo. Boo. I have to upload boo for men. Boo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for men, I, I can work on that during your segment. But every time a man is mentioned, we'll boo. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to fire up a boo effect. But before we do, if you want to tell us what the topic is this week. Yes, it is sound effects. I, oh, my God. That would be amazing. Sound effect crimes. Sound effect crimes. <laughs> We've done some niche topics, but that might That's up the there. <laughs> Listen, one of you Looney Tunes who listens to the show could probably find an amazing case. You guys send us the most incredible cases. <laughs> yeah, I They're love the wild. fan picks. Well, okay, so this week we have a very special fan pick by Peggy LaRoe. Ooh, Peggy. That sounds like 
a nom de plume. Mm-hmm. Peggy has chosen the topic of snake crimes. I'm obsessed. Snake. Snake. And I love snake. I got my snake bones <gasps> to uh, shake, and I also have another fun prize. So I'll just wait for my I'll wait for my segment to uh, okay. show you what else I have. Great. So Amanda, the fuck is our wine crime pairing for snake crimes? Well, I um did have to take my oxycodone today, so I'm not drinking. <laughs> I'm drinking a sparkling water, but I do have a winery to shout out that was recommended by Peggy. But before I do, this is not the pairing. But it is fascinating, and I figured what better opportunity to learn a little bit about snake wine. Let's learn. And, you know, you lived in China. Did you ever encounter snake wine? Not that I'm aware of, but there was like a festival in like a west a province that was west of us that was like exotic animal mm-hmm. products. Mm. And... I kind of wanted to go just as like a spectacle thing, but it, I knew it was it would be really upsetting. There was like tiger penises and shit like sure. that. Sure. I mean, I'm sure there would have been snake wines there. Cultural practices like these are controversial across lots, you know, of different cultures. And we as Westerners often have aversions to things like this. Mm-hmm. But I still found this fascinating. So I'm just going to read a little bit about it. Okay. It is an alcoholic beverage that's produced by infusing whole snakes in rice wine. Yeah, like I'll put a picture on the drive. Hold on for you. Well, I did encounter rice wine. Yeah. And it's Uh, not So I just uploaded some like old looking snake wine. It's that like it's it looks like a wet specimen jar of a snake. Okay. Yep. Oh. Yeah. That's the move. That. uh, it just, yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. it's like a preservative measure. <laughs> yep. But you drink it? You can drink it. So the drink was first recorded to have been consumed in China during the Western Zhao Dynasty. So that would be like 1040 BC. Okay. And believed in folklore to reinvigorate a person according to traditional Chinese medicine. It can still be found in China, Hong Kong, Taiwan, North Korea, uh, Goa, Vietnam, Okinawa, Laos. La- is it Laos or Laos? Laos? Laos, I think. We pronounce it Laos, but people in Southeast Asia pronounce it Lao. Lao, okay. Thailand, Cambodia, and throughout Southeast Asia. And they, for snake wine in particular, in like this cultural practice, venomous snake is preferred. And they are not usually preserved for their meat, (laughs) but to have their essence or venom dissolved into the liquor. Okay. And so in that process, the snake venom proteins are unfolded by the ethanol, and therefore the completed beverage is usually, but not always, safe to drink. Oh. Mm -hmm. So the the alcohol actually, like, breaks down the deadly properties of the venom. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's like a magic trick in itself. It is pretty, I mean, science is pretty incredible. So this would traditionally be consumed as part of traditional Chinese medicine to just promote health. And the supposed medicinal use of snakes was noted in the medical manual Shen Nong Ben Kao Jing, compiled between 300 BC and 200 AD. And the detailed uses of various snake feces, body parts, 
different like methods of preparation. Bile has been used as treatment for injuries. Cool. Like there are actually some pretty fascinating like components of these animals. Medicinal properties. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting. There are obviously some health risks. <laughs> if you drink too much of it or too much of it over long periods of time, you can experience something called systemic envenomation from the contained <laughs> venom, which may present features differing from direct envenomation by snake bite. Yeah, you're just getting too much unfolded venom protein. Yeah, so you could have uh, vascular issues. It can cause damage to the actual vascular wall. Uh, it can affect abdominal platelet function. Oh, got to protect your abdominal plates. Mm-hmm. Platelets. And uh, cause issues with, like, blood coagulation, like, inside of you. Okay. You don't want that thick blood. Well, so, here, to t- here to tell you that rice wine by itself can be rough. Can also prob- cause problems. Yeah. So Nasty burps. If, yeah. If you encounter this and uh, are welcomed in a not problematic way to take part in the cultural practice of its consumption, I would just be cautious, but it shouldn't kill you. It should be okay. <laughs> it should kill you. Great. Top, 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 top hats, top hats off to you for trying it. Um, (laughs) But our fan picker, (laughs) really struggling. We got there. It's the oxy. It's fine. It really is. My brain is not. Doctor prescribed. It is doctor prescribed. And I'm taking very little, but Mm -hmm. like. Good for you. It, I took two last night within like two and a half hours. And I thought. I was dying. I was like, oh, man. my whole body feels kind of numb and my brain is like not quite working. But I was in a lot of pain yesterday. So I, you know, I I, I took it under the, the instructions that I was given. I took much less today. I've only taken mm-hmm. one pill like two hours ago. But yeah, it's uh, it's not something I want to be on for a long. I don't love it. Yeah. It's not great. But I should yeah. be able to stop taking it like soon i'm healing well anyway that's, good. that's moral of the story <laughs> moral of the story is don't walk or you might break your foot <laughs> don't walk across the parking lot do not last time you <laughs> walked you broke your fucking foot <laughs> so our fan picker wanted to shout out the rattlesnake hills winery which is like looks really really cool it's in washington specifically in the like rattlesnake hills american viticultural area which is the ninth federally recognized AVA in the country. It's entirely contained within the Yakima Valley AVA, which is entirely contained within the larger Columbia Valley AVA, which you'll see a lot of Columbia Valley, especially red wines, like at the local liquor store. Like that's a pretty common one. The hills form the southern boundary of the Yakima Valley, and the AVA includes land between the north bank of the Sunnyside Canal and the entirety of the southern slopes of the Rattlesnake Hills between Outlook and the Wapato Dam. And the AVA is centered around the city of Zilla, which sounds super gorgeous, with elevations ranging from 850 feet to 3,085 feet in elevation. Too tall. Yeah, so they're getting that, like, mountainous... Like kind of cooler, cloudy, like wet Dang. climate, and then it's like also rivers, and then uh, it's Washington, so like it is 
this isn't particularly coastal, but it is still affected by the nearby coast, Mm -hmm. which I think is pretty, pretty, pretty cool. They do let you know that when you do visit Rattlesnake Hills Winery, they say, do not worry, there are no snakes, there's just great wine. (laughs) And those traversing the actual Rattlesnake Hills Trail likely won't encounter snakes. Well, snakes are everywhere. Well, because that whole area is mostly tasting rooms and vineyards now, so like what snakes may have hung out there (laughs) have kind of been scared off. Not because snakes don't thrive there, it's because of like, Climate decimation. A little bit, a little bit. Okay. But Habitat, they, do, I mean. they do have a tradition every March in celebration of the anniversary of the Rattlesnake Hills AVA. St. Gail of Bonaire Winery will read the official proclamation to chase out the snakes and then perform the ritual of chasing the snakes out of, ra- out of Rattlesnake Hills. And this will ensure our visitors and friends that no snakes will ever interfere in the enjoyment of their fine wines. Well... Whatever theatrics work. (laughs) Super, super, super cute. So this is like the Rattlesnake Hills wine trail encompasses a bunch of different amazing wineries. So you can get all kinds of wines along this whole area. So one of the wineries on that trail and in that region that looks incredible is the Paradisos del Sol winery. And they have some incredible looking wine. Okay. Their current selection includes kind of anything that you would be looking for. They have rosé, they have cabernet, they have sangiovese, which yum. And then they have some blends that I'm very curious about. One is called Paul PMS Paul's Mocha stuff. <laughs> Honey, I want to know about PMS Paul and like Hi, I feel I'm PMS like Paul. tag yourself. I'm PMS Paul. Like <laughs> hook me up. But they do have like order forms that you can fill out. I don't know everywhere that they're legally allowed to ship, but this seems like you can access some of the Paradiso del Sol wine selection, even if you are outside of Washington. So check them out at paradisosdelsol.com. And it's thank you so much, ball. yeah, for uh, opening my eyes through this topic to not only the fascinating elements of snake wine, but the Rattlesnake Hills Winery Trail and that whole viticultural area. Yeah, very I'm cool. I'm living for it. I'm loving it's the super, terroir. Super, super cool. I'm loving it. I mean, it's just, I mean, Washington State is, <laughs> oh my God, that was an accident. Did not mean to click that. But that does explain how much I love watching it State in a nutshell. That played real well. <laughs> These sound effects are so holy shit. <laughs> so ridiculous. I Washington have to State that. is Whoosh. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, we oh both have our God. orange kitties on us. Well, Beans just mm. jumped over me to the kitchen table. So that's fair. Before we you know, take a little break. What are you drinking? More nurture? Nurture. <laughs> this time I got the strawberry lemonade. I apparently got the Yum. lemonade pack without uh, realizing it. I love lemonade bevies. Mm-hmm. Very summery. Like, it's not exactly seasonal. Yes, we've had a very neutral winter. So it kind of fits. Mm-hmm. Let well, the lemonade flow, babe. I'll crack this open so we got a little sound effect. Ready? Yes, please. Oh. Uh. Look how dumb my cat looks just staring up at the lights. Oh, she uh, looked away. Oh, she's pr- well, her head is 
completely spherical, <laughs> so you can't really tell where she's looking. <laughs> she's seeing her. God. She's seeing something. She's going to jump up on that light fixture. She probably is. Well, this all the more reason for the listeners at home to get on our Patreon because the fanfic cases have video and you too can see how ridiculous <laughs> my cat looks. <laughs> get on it. But before we dive into your segment, should we take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors? Yes, please. Let's do it. We use our phones for everything at this point. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. But did you know that you can use it for some sexy me time? Mm. Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget your headphones. Yeah, charge those bad boys. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for everyone. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. So discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, hot and heavy hookups. And there is a growing library of fantasy series. We got vampires. We got Greek gods. We got fairy smut. Love. This is all so you can explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again and again and again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and for when those headphones aren't charged, sexy written stories to read. So let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. Fairy smut. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. It is. For listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash gals. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash G-A-L-S. One more time, dipsystories.com slash gals and treat your fantasies. Treat them. So they're telling me that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about, but I feel like that's too low. I mean, in my own circle, it's like 100% (laughs) of people. Everyone I know. And before I started using Rocket Money, I thought that I had maybe, what, five subscriptions, like a couple TV ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the obvious ones. The obvious ones. But, like, it turned out that between streaming services, fitness apps that I tried, like, once and then clearly never used, delivery service upgrades, I, it's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I am no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. I canceled probably nine recurring payments that I was not aware I had. <laughs> you are, you're making money. I Yeah, it, 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 y'all, don't sleep on this. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. I get those alert emails mm-hmm. about where my money's going, and I just feel so much smarter about my finances because, like, it. I rely on Rocket Money now. Mm-hmm. So with Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. You can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help you cancel it with just a few taps. Love that. And they also have like a dashboard that shows this month's, this month's spending compared to last month's. And you'll get an email. It's like you spent X amount less than last month Ooh, or congrats. last week even. And it's like, oh, yes, well, gold star for me. Mm-hmm. So you can see your spending habits. 
Plus they helped me create a custom budget to keep my spending on track. We, uh, this is, I needed that. Mm -hmm. I really needed that. Rocket Money's like the adult in the room. Yep, but we all need an adult. <laughs> I do. Supervision. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. Again, Love. the adult. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They will deal with customer service for you. Oh what my God, that alone. Worth it. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year mm -hmm. when using all of the apps. That's features. a vacation, yo. Mm -hmm. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash gals. That's rocketmoney.com slash gals. One more time, rocketmoney.com slash gals. And treat your savings. Try that. Welcome back. And Lucy, do you want to take it away with your background in psych for snake crimes? Is there psych? As I hinted earlier, there's no psych, so... Snake bones, snake bones, snake bones. I love so that these sound. are like snake rib bones. Yeah, well, aren't snakes like only ribs? Oops, all ribs. We've talked about this. And vertebrae. Yeah. I mean, we'll kind of get to it, actually. Okay. Um, I also have a rattlesnake tail Ooh. in this cute little vintage looking matchbox, which was sent Ooh. to us by a coven member, and I don't remember their name, but their note said that they were like a, they worked in like, forestry and like like controlled burns sort of stuff for like the DNR maybe mm. but they sent me a whole bunch of like a treasure trove of like animal shit that they found that's like while well, out in the woods so this is a rattlesnake tail can you see it it looks like Ooh, a grub I like it she's cute mm -hmm. listen can you hear that yeah, and I have actually heard that sound before attached to a snake. Scary. In South Dakota, I was playing fucking frisbee golf, disc golf with an X. Oh. Disgusting. And I lost my disc in some brush, and I went to get it and heard the rattling, and then I was like, guess what? Not worth it. I don't care about your fancy set of discs because when I called them frisbees he got upset because that's a name brand like Kleenex <laughs> why do I know exactly which X this is just because of that it's Tony yes yeah so yeah. I made him I made him fucking do it I was like you get your ass in there if it means so much to you I'm not getting <laughs> rattled to death <laughs> did mm. he go get it yes lunatic oh <sighs> Well, I mean... It was the beginning of the end. I should have known. Yeah. I was young. I was like 19. That was a long relationship. It was. But it's over. Yep. It is. Bye. And I <laughs> kind of forget that you guys even dated because like, I do, you're still great friends. We are. I forget all the time. All <laughs> the time. And anytime I think back to it, I'm like, that was a... About 550 years ago. It was so long ago. It was so long ago. It made no sense. No. Oh, my God. Raised tail. For you, the last time I looked at you, you were holding a rattlesnake tail, and now you just have raised tail. <laughs> like a little makeup puff. Yeah. It's too puffy. You're putting on your setting powder. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's a very cool little artifact that you have there. 
Very. So, listener, if you're out there, I'm so sorry that I can't remember your name off the top of my head. People but send us a lot of weird shit. But your letter is in my oddities cabinet along with the oddities that you sent to me. So, thank you very much. They are cute, fucking fascinating. And all ethically sourced. All right. So, this first part is from my boyfriend, Encyclopedia Britannica. Quote, Snakes, the suborder of snakes is called serpentes. Sir, your panties. Sir, your panties. Sir, panties. <laughs> Sir, oh no. Sir. <laughs> Sir, panties. Consists of more than 3,400 species of reptiles, and another figure I saw said over 3,700. That's a lot. But I'm going to go with my boyfriend's figure, 3,400. Yep. So, oh. Over 3,400 species of reptiles distinguished by their limbless condition Mm. and greatly elongated body and tail. Classified with lizards in the order squamata or squamates. And we'll kind of refer back to that, but snakes and lizards are squamates. Okay. Snakes represent a lizard that over the course of evolution has undergone structural reduction, simplification, and loss as well as specialization loss and does that mean that they like used to have little legs and stuff and then they just got like more and more simplified over time yeah yeah so snakes came after lizards in the evolutionary process okay so they're just lizards that lost their legs along with some other shit so it's not the other way around like snakes came after weird All snakes lack external limbs, but not all legless reptiles are snakes. Okay. So certain burrowing lizards may only have like front legs or back legs or be completely legless. So they might look like snakes, snakes, but they're not snakes. Weird. Yeah, it's not weird. Yeah. (laughs) Unlike lizards, snakes lack movable eyelids, which results in a continuous and often disconcerting stare. (gasps) They don't blink anything? No, they don't blink. Snakes also lack- I never noticed that. (laughs) I don't look at that many snakes, but- Yeah. Snakes and my baby never blink. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Junie's a little part snake. She can go a really long time without blinking. It's very weird. That's so unsettling. I know. It is. (laughs) I love it. Snakes also lack external ear openings, so they don't have ears. Okay. Internally, their organs are elongated, and what I thought was really cool, the left member of any pair of organs is way smaller than the right pair. So, like, the lungs, for example. Which which boob is that? I mean, I feel like my left boobs, one's bigger. I'm just saying My left one's match. definitely bigger. My left one's bigger. So, oh, uh, I'm part snake. We're part snake. Yeah, my left one's bigger, too. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, wait. The left is smaller than the right. Oh, fuck Damn it. us. I'm opposite of snake. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> okay. There we go. I keep forgetting that I have these now. Oh, no. So fucking dumb. <laughs> Snakes also have more vertebrae. They also have an extra lung in their neck. Like a third lung? Yeah, but sometimes their left lung is completely gone and it's only the right lung. 
I don't know. There's so many different species of snakes. And like some snakes have live babies. Some snakes lay eggs. Mm-hmm. Snakes are bizarre. There's a huge variety of snakes. And like any specific thing that you think about snakes, it can vary greatly. Yikes. Okay. They also have a venom conducting system. Venomous snakes do, obviously. Okay. Snakes are thought to, like I said, have evolved from terrestrial lizards as early as the Middle Jurassic Epoch, which was between 174.1 million years mm-hmm. to 163.5 million years ago. So roughly 170 million years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the a oldest- long fucking time. So, yeah. The oldest known fossil snake, which is the Eophis underwoody, was a small snake that lived in southern England about 167 million years ago. Mm-hmm. Even so, snakes are a younger species than other reptiles, like I said, such as crocodiles, lizards, and turtles. Those all okay. came first. And snake bones, I think, are less likely to fossilize because they're very brittle and fragile. Sure, as we shake them in a glass jar, but whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> Gently, the fear of snakes is called ophidiophobia, ophidiophobia, mm-hmm. and is one of the most common specific phobias. So some related phobias include herpetophobia, which is a fear of reptiles in general. Yep. yep. Ranidophobia, which is a fear of frogs. Who would be? I love frogs. Well, some of them are gross, like those big ones. I love those huge ones. It's like having a cat, but it's a frog. It's like having a disgusting, bumpy, cold cat. No, you're wrong. You need to look at like the little African rain frogs, those sad little round boys. They're so cute and they make a little (laughs) sound that's like, meh, meh. And it's so cute and it doesn't look like it should even exist. And I saw a TikTok today of somebody who's just like found and it won't leave a little cute tree frog in their shower. And so they just like bring it bugs and it just lives in their shower. They fed it mealworms the other day. Put it outside. He likes it in there. They, he, they're like, he'll leave and then he'll come back. Like they're not trapping him. He just like keeps showing up in their shower. Oh. My theory is it's a lot of different tree frogs and they're just, they're on a timeshare. They're rotating it out. But... <laughs> They're going to open, like, one wall, and it's going to be just, like, fucking hundreds of tree frogs in their like walls. That, oh, like that person <laughs> whose friend, he thought his friend had a cat, but really there were, like, six different cats who all looked <laughs> the all same. The same. <laughs> but it was, like, yeah. years of thinking it was just one cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, last related phobia is thanat- thanatophobia, which is a fear of death, which is associated with snake bites which we'll fucking get to. And obviously it's not, it's it's a phobia, so it's not anything rational, but in general, people fear snakes a lot more than is warranted. Yeah, like it's it's a similar thing to spiders. Yeah. I mean, people I are so like repulsed by like snakes, spiders, rats, like all these creepy crawly animals, but nine times out of 10, they don't want fuck all to do with you. Oh yeah, no. And are mostly harmless. Of those three things- I can tolerate spiders the least. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not a spider I'm now. I'm totally cool with snakes. I'm I pretty snakes. cool with mice and rats. You know what I'm not cool with? Fucking birds and bats if they're like in your house. Mm, I don't like bats in my house. Bird, anything that could fly that's trapped in your house is, is very scary. I don't yeah. like that. 
because they don't like it and they're freaking out. Yeah. I feel like things that crawl are like used to sneaking into somebody's house like mice they love being in your fucking house they're they're like scared if they see you but they're not like maniacally scrambling around trying to get out of a window they just like crawl back under the stove and they're like lol yeah. bye bitch try to catch me birds like lose their fucking minds that and like you're adding a third dimension to their I can't chaos fly. i can't get in the air yeah no i yeah hate it hate it so like like we're suggesting or at least I'm suggesting snakes are maligned in the public opinion mm-hmm. of the more than 3,400 species or 3,700 species. Fewer than 300 of them are actually venomous and only about half of those are capable inflict- of inflicting a lethal bite. Okay. So here's again a quote from my lover. Although snake bite mortality worldwide is estimated at between 80,000 and 140,000 people per year. Who die? Yes. Snake bite mortality. 80 to 140,000 per year? Yes. That's a lot of people. It's a lot. The majority of deaths occur in Southeast Asia principally because of poor medical treatment, malnutrition of victims, and a large number of venomous species. Okay, so they have like the trifecta of danger zone. There are more snakes there, period, anyway. Yes. Acts, it's like more rural, your your access to a hospital that when, because oftentimes venomous like bites, the key is to get it treated, get an anti-venom or get it treated as quickly as possible. Absolutely. And if you're like hours from the nearest hospital and you don't have a car, mm-hmm. what are you going to fucking do? And then if you're already kind of at a physical health disadvantage by malnutrition, then it's the venom is just going to work even faster. Mm -hmm. Those are like the three worst possible combinations of things. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Great. Got it. So, I mean, it's it's not an illogical fear if you live in that area of the globe. Yeah. But people like you and me. There's we're not encountering no poisonous, venomous snakes in on. If we're not disc golfing with Tony, like, fuck that guy. Hi, <laughs> <Hey>, Tony. <laughs> He's not listening. Who am I kidding? He might be. Yeah. <laughs> he might be listening. <laughs> um, okay, so in the U.S., although there are about eight thousand venomous snake bites per year, the average number of annual fatalities is less than ten or so per year. Okay, that I'm much more comfortable with. And that is fewer than deaths attributed to bee stings and lightning strikes. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what's where spider bite deaths rank. I don't know. I wasn't looking at We can save that deaths. for spider crimes, which if any of you la, la, fucking la, 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 la. pay for, we will be mad about. But we'll probably do it because we'll we love it, you. But I... We won't fucking like it. Not gonna like it. In Mexico, 10 times as many people die annually from bee stings as from snake bites. Wow. Are just are people like really allergic to bees in certain parts of the world? There or might are be... the bees like more aggressive and more like venomous or whatever than what we would be used to in the States? Jorge, not both. Yeah, that's true. Jorge <laughs> no los dos. Yeah, there we go. I forgot the second half of it. You got it. Also, venomous snakes only have a certain amount of venom available at any given time. So because they don't want to waste their venom on Mm -hmm. not prey, 
they can control how much venom they inject. So can they sometimes bite without really excreting any? Yes, ma'am. That's called a dry oh, bite. Cool. The control. Mm-hmm. So when snakes bite humans, it's usually in self-defense so they don't give their venom. Because they're like, I'm not going to be able to eat you. You're too big. I just don't want you to fuck with me, but I'm not going to waste my venom on you. Like, I want to scare you. I want to. I want you to get away from me. I'm going to bite you, but it uh-huh. is not my intention to incapacitate and kill you. Yeah, because what would be the fucking point? They can't eat you. Exactly. So wow. that a dry bite occurs about 40% of the time, so roughly half. You're still risking getting venom. Oh, but, yeah. There's always going to be a risk, but it's just, yeah. like, less likely. 40% of the time is... It's That's still there too is much. no venom. Yeah. Well, six sixty percent of the time there is no there venom. Is, there is no venom. Sixty percent. Sorry. No. Forty percent <laughs> of the tra- time there is no venom. Sixty percent. So sixty percent of the time there is. Yeah. I don't like those odds. No. Uh, either way that that falls, I don't no. like that. It's not great. Statistically, the vast majority of snake bites occur while either handling the snakes in captivity or fucking with wild snakes. Yeah. Don't fuck with wild snakes. Like, it shouldn't be that hard. There's right. a difference between stumbling upon a snake in the wild and, like, respectfully leaving it the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. And, like, the videos I've seen of people, like, taking a stick and fucking with a wild snake. Yeah. Trying to pick it up. Trying to kill it. What are you doing? Leave it the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck with them. Mm-mm. Even black mambas, which I learned they're called black mambas because the inside of their mouth is black. Cool. The snake itself isn't. It's like brown or gray. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So even black mambas and king cobras that have a bad reputation will only aggress under certain circumstances, such as if they feel cornered or if you get too close to them during mating season. Mm -hmm. They're here to fuck. They are here to fuck. And if they can't fuck, they're going to fuck up. Yeah. Fucking and fighting. Mm-hmm. Venomous snakes are often called poisonous, but technically, etymologically speaking, that is inaccurate. Hmm. The word poisonous only applies to organisms that unload their toxins when another organism eats them. Oh, okay. So it's venom if it's a bite. It's poison if it's ingested. Yes. Essentially. Yes. But you could still ingest venom, but then that it's still, but it, its intention isn't to be ingested. Its intention is to be injected. Ab, yep. You got it, okay. girl. Okay, cool. So very few snakes are actually poisonous. And ironically, if you oh, think about like a safe snake, just in first like safe. A little gar- like a little gardener snake. The garter snake is garter. technically poisonous because it eats poisonous prey. Oh, so the poison that it ingests, it makes itself, therefore, poisonous if ingested. Yes. Weird. Isn't that funny? We we used to, like, find those in our... I know that they're called garter snakes, but as kids, we always called them gardener snakes because we'd always find them in the garden. Yes. And we'd, like, they're, like, really cute. We'd pick them up and play with them. Yeah, we had one in our yard. I had no idea they were poisonous. Not that I care. I'm not, like, eating snakes out of the yard, but... But a snake that will bite you and harm you in that way is venomous, venomous. not poisonous. But if you were to eat a garter snake, that would be some- That would make you sick. Some amount of toxins in what you're eating. Weird! Isn't that- (laughs) That's so weird. I I mean, because that is literally like when you think of the most harmless snake. Yeah. Yeah. 
Everyone's going to say garter snake. Everyone's going to say that. It's like, just kidding, bitch. She poisonous. She is poisonous. Fuck. Nearly 100,000 ball pythons and 30,000 boa constrictors are imported annually into the United States, like as pets. Yeah, those fuckers. We'll get to those fuckers in my case. Oh, good. So the removal of such enormous numbers of these snakes from the wild threatens the survival of these species, and many snake populations are in decline as a result of capture and also habitat destruction. Yeah. The release of non-native pet snakes into the wild has also led to the introduction of several invasive species, including the Burmese pythons that have mm. devastated small mammal populations in the Florida Everglades. I was going to say, Florida has gotten fucked. Yes. By people releasing their reptiles. And like you let your little dog out to go to the bathroom in the backyard Bro. and it's going to get Later. squeezed out. Y'all. Squeezed out like toothpaste. We don't talk about this enough, but we should talk about it more. Like proper rehoming mm -hmm. of an animal mm -hmm. is so important, not just because it's cruel to just like ditch an animal that's domesticated and doesn't have the skills to live in the wild. That's cruel enough. But like, even if it's not domesticated, like a fucking snake isn't really domesticated. No, but if that fucking snake... Mm -hmm. It's just the impacts that a move like that can have on the local ecosystem are profound. And people, like, do not recognize this. I always think about that episode of The Simpsons. There was, like, a, f a toad that was released. And I can't remember if, like, a toad came over from Australia or went over to Australia. But it was, like, a whole mm -hmm. thing. And maybe, maybe it was making fun of, like, the cane toad issue in Australia. I don't really remember. But I remember there's, there was a episode of the simpsons about it well i think about like when bill and i went to amsterdam a few years ago it was november and it's like very gray and dreary there in november and then you'll suddenly just see these like brightly colored like little parakeets yeah. flying around yeah and so we were at like a bar and i was asking one of the locals like what is like it's so weird that you guys have these parakeets here like what is this about and they're like yeah like several hundred years people like fucking little rich nerds thought that these would be like really fun cute pets and then it was like oh actually these birds are a pain in the ass and we don't want them so they just let them go and now there's like a thriving and obnoxious parakeet population that just lives in Amsterdam and they like they're eat a whole bunch of shit colonizers yeah they're like seagulls like they're fucking everywhere it was so weird it's like <laughs> yeah these were people's pets and now they just have created their own population here because people release them when they didn't want them anymore yeah and now amsterdam is overrun with fucking parakeets which like if you're going to be overrun with an obnoxious critter could amsterdam have picked like a cuter one like beautiful <laughs> cute little we have fucking feral birds. hogs so yeah we have goddamn hogs and uh, fucking amsterdam has like the tulips of the sky like fuck you god the they're cute of the sky. that's like what they look like they're these little colorful babies yeah. they're like this big they're so cute <laughs> the tulips in the sky I'm telling you you heard it here first people speaking of tulips here's my next part no snakes I don't want to know about snake lips snakes have hemopenes don't. which is basically a pair of penises <laughs> they have two penises and all squamates have this, so like lizards have them too. 
Two. What's the point of two penises? Well, unclear. (laughs) There are several... (laughs) There are several theories. (laughs) And they're kind of... (laughs) The crickets are so silly. I love... Well... Well... (laughs) why didn't we switch to riverside earlier this is so amazing two penises Okay. <laughs> hemopenes. Back to the hemopenes. No. It's not clear w- why. Great. Great. <laughs> cool. But the, the hemopenes are usually inside the body until they get boners when they come outside S- the body. Snake boners. And Got this it. makes it hard to tell whether a dead specimen is male or female because it's <laughs> you have to like if you wanted if 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 a person was trying to get the hemopenes to come out you like stimulate their cloaca it's like their asshole <laughs> And then the hemopenes. Do they out. have a cloaca, basically? Yeah. They've got a butthole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have to, like, tickle their beehole, and then their two dicks will pop out. And that's how you know if it's a male or a female. <laughs> I have never in my life <laughs> pondered snake dicks. And now I don't think. I'll mm. ever think of anything else ever again in my I life. Got, uh, there's a photo on the drive, which will be on the blog, of a rattlesnake dick. You'll know it when you see it. Jesus. Okay. Um, <laughs> I see it. It looks like a little succulent. It's so spiny. Yeah. So uh, hemopenes come in lots of different shapes depending on the species, and they often have different ornamentations, such as spikes. Oh. Again, I this looks like a growth. It's disgusting. It looks like it's a, bad. It looks like a, a wart. I yeah. I thought mammal dicks were gross enough. Human mammal dicks, not cute, but okay, like that. So you, so you know how like some mammals, like like possums or something, have split dicks. Sure, they're related. Great. They're the variety of penises in the animal kingdom is. I'm not going to say fascinating because I don't really want to know any more about it than I have to, but it's it's intense. Okay. Also, female squamata have hemoclitorises. Log. Yeah, so it's not just hemoclit. the boys having all the fun. They got hemoclits. Okay. Two. Go off, squamata. Split clit. Great. <laughs> Ow. Ouch. Didn't love that. But I'm cool. Hemoclit. Great. Yes. Split clit? No, thank you. Well, that's kind of what it is, you know. It's okay. Whatever. Okay. Moving on from that because we have got to. Okay. Great. 
even though Satan is depicted as a snake in the story of the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. serpent worship is one of the earliest forms of veneration. So like, you know, wor- worship mm-hmm. dating back to 10,000 BCE. Cool. Many superstitions and mythologies about snakes stem from their physical peculiarities, such as their ability to shed their skin, which mm-hmm. is associated with immortality. So when you were talking about snake wine, I was thinking about this. Oh, Like all this yeah. mythology about snakes and all these health, health, you know, things. Yeah, that could easily have been one of the like claimed benefits, just like overall. I mean, what I was reading about was that it's like general wellness Mm-hmm. Which really does come down to elongating one's life. Yeah. Well, I got more too. Okay. Also, I told you they they don't have eyelids; they don't blink. So their yeah. their ever their ever open eyes represent omnis- omniscience, omniscience, ever presence. Yes. I don't know why I couldn't. <laughs> Omniscience. Omniscience. Their propensity for sudden appearance and disappearance allies snakes with magic and ghosts. Portals. Hmm. A phallic resemblance embodies procreative powers, fertility, and the ability to kill with a single bite engenders fear of any snake-like creature. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, lots of of cultures throughout the world and throughout history have incorporated snakes for these worship and more reasons. Cool. There are about 70 species of snakes that live entirely underwater. I was going to ask about that. Did you see anything in your research when you're talking about like the evolution of snakes? Did they originate as land dwellers or maybe both? Or did they start in the water? Uh, It's my understanding that they started on land. Okay. Like as lizards. Mm -hmm. Then they lost their limbs. And then some of these evolved became sea snakes. Okay. To be aquatic. Mm-hmm. Because cool. they're not as f- they're not as evolved any further than their land counterparts. They look sure. exactly the same. Okay, but sea snakes have like a little bit of a flatter tail, so it's like a paddle. Yeah, for swimming. For swimming, they can be found in the Indian and Pacific oceans. Mm. But and they also, if you if you were to put them on land, they can't. There's like one species that's like a little bit. Could do land and water, but most of them are fully adapted to aquatic life. They cannot move on land. They So they can't be on land because they can't move on land? Can they also not breathe on land? Like, Correct. do they have gills? Uh, I didn't get that far. Or some other apparatus to evolve, allowing them to breathe water, essentially get oxygen from water. Do sea snakes have gills? Uh... Oh, no, they have to go to the surface to fill their lungs with air. Like an air sac. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're, you know, kind of like dolphins do or whales. Lots of lots of aquatic animals have to do that. I actually mm-hmm. read something about how polar bears are technically not classified as bears. They're classified as an aquatic animal. They're more like a seal. What? And they spend the majority of their lives in the water. Oh, weird. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I learned recently that if you eat the liver of a polar bear, you mm-hmm. would definitely die because they have too much vitamin A in their livers. You would get like really? vitamin, vitamin A, poisoning. a poisoning. Yeah. Are you caught up on season four of True Detective? Yes. Yes. 
I need to know what the fuck is up with that bear. Yo, something's going on. Mm-hmm. Something's going on. I feel on. like it's going to lead me into a, a wardrobe where there's a I lion and a witch. But then the stuffed animal, Jodie Foster's son's teddy bear, <gasps> oh my God, I polar bear. Think about that. I think it was also missing an eye. <gasps> Stop. I think so. Okay, well, I'm going to rewatch that as soon as we finish this recording. Yeah. Okay. I just saying. D- yeah. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> Focus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We just talked okay. about polar bears and I had to go there. Sea snakes. They can also absorb oxygen through their skin. It's not just like through their nose. Mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you might already know that snakes smell with their tongues due mm-hmm. to the Jacobson's organ located mm-hmm. on the roof of their mouths that interprets the scent it. molecules. will get to the cats, babe. Ah! Their split tongue also helps out with this, allowing them to use multiple receptors to pick up different amounts of chemical cues. Okay. So, as stated, cats have this Jacobson's organ, too. Cats also hiss, which scientists think is deliberately to mimic snakes. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. They also have vertical pupils because they are predators oh, yeah. that are, like, low to the ground. And having vertical pupils is helps with, like, depth. Perce- it, it helps the eyesight of animals that are low to the ground. So you're telling me that cats are just fur snakes is really what you're telling me. Yeah. It's also suspected that cats put their ears back when they're threatened to look more like a snake because their little their little heads when their ears are back are like kind of triangular like snakes. This is so odd because I, it makes me want to dive deeper into the like anthropological relationship between cats and snakes. Because remember when that trend was going around TikTok that was like putting a cucumber behind a cat quietly and then, mm-hmm. then when they saw it, they like lose their fucking minds. Mm-hmm. It, there's an obvious like natural mm-hmm. predator prey thing there. Well, I mean, snakes live, there are a lot of... uh larger, more predatory snakes in the same areas of the globe where, like, jungle cats live. Mm, True. Like, you're not going to get as much of that in the northern hemisphere as you are in the southern and closer to the equator. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's possible that just felines and snakes sort of evolve together to both mimic each other because the cat would know... The cat would be afraid of snakes, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, because the snakes are such predators, the cats are smart enough to mimic the snake in order Mm -hmm. to be more fearsome. Okay. Very cool. I just pulled that out of my ass, but. Yeah, but it sounds really smart. Great. Also, snakes and cats both rest a lot. So, quote, a snake's primary activity is concerned with either thermal regulation, so like laying in the sun to warm yep. their bodies mm-hmm. or finding live food, which often involves passive waiting rather than active searching. So it'll hide under Lying a leaf or whatever. Yeah. It's it rests a lot, just like cats do. Just like cats do. Oh, she's so cute. You came up cats with- and snakes were both thought to spread the bubonic plague. So many of them were killed, leaving the real spreaders, rats, the with fucking the fleas, rats. To run rampant because what do snakes and cats both eat? Rodents. Yep. Mm-hmm. Both snakes and black cats specifically have been considered to be bad luck. And it's also said that if you have a dream about a cat and a snake being friendly with each other, 
that signifies the beginning of an angry struggle. Ooh, weird. So yeah, cats and snakes do have a, a relationship, if not in like fact, but definitely within like mythology and so cool superstition. I want to know what my dream cat and snake would think about Pale Man. I can't I bet- believe I got flagged on Instagram for that. I, I mean, have I can. You, are, are, but- are you out of your ban? <laughs> I haven't tried to comment on anything else. I don't want to rock the boat. I've never commented anything threatening, and I didn't, in my head, didn't think of it that as threatening. It wasn't threatening to me. I just said, I'm going to kill you. It's not that big a deal. Let's get over it. It was a quote. It was a quote. <laughs> From me. <laughs> I cited my source. <laughs> Scientifically speaking, the derpiest looking snake is the Arabian sand boa, and I yes. do have a photo on the drive. I love these. Described as looking like, quote, a child's best effort at drawing a snake, they spend the day buried deep in the sand and move toward the surface at dusk to hunt. It literally <laughs> looks like an Olive Garden breadstick with two lopsided <laughs> googly eyes stuck on top of it. It's shocking. It's so cute. So cute. I love it. Having eyes on top of their heads enables Arabian sand boas to peek out as they lie in wait for their prey to pass nearby with the rest of their golden brown bodies buried in the sand. Oh. <laughs> I got two pictures of that snake. Do you see the yeah. other one? Yeah. It's got creepier they're, eyes. The, it's, they're, it's not great. <laughs> they just look these like, eyes look like it's looking backwards it looks like a sock puppet it does this, this, this <laughs> does not this looks like a rejected jim henson character <laughs> it looks like a last minute like children's play School project yes like an overly tired mom being like you need that tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and why are you waiting till midnight to tell me that? <laughs> You promised your class brownies <laughs> to your day for snack day. <laughs> no, that's totally what it looks like. Yeah. You nailed it. So I also Googled like weird snake facts and I found a whole Reddit thread r slash snakes about- oh i love i love it r snakes so great <laughs> um so god only knows how accurate these are but i'm gonna lean into it here we go the oldest snake currently alive and this was posted two years ago is a 62 year old royal python who recently laid a healthy clutch of eggs despite the fact that she hadn't interacted with a male royal python for over 15 years uh, there's no way to prove it I'm believing it wholeheartedly. A mom at 62, an unfertilized mom. It's a it's a virgin birth. That uh, incredible. Who am I to judge? I did absolutely no backup research on that. We're going with it. There is a species of snake called a Barbados thread snake that are so small that if you remove the graphite from a pencil, they could slither in through the hole. Mm. That's how tiny they are. They're like little worms okay snakes hatch out of their own out of their egg using an egg tooth which is a tiny temporary tooth on the tip of their snout okay that's equal parts really creepy and really cute i love it it's like you're just a little baby unicorn for just a little bit and then your little egg tooth falls out some venomous snakes like pit vipers can track 
their envenomated prey, so their prey that they've already put their venom in, but if it, it like, got away, it takes a little while for the venom to, like, catch up. Okay. So the snake will track that prey for very long distances by tracing a compound or a molecule in their venom. Interesting. So the venom, like, leaves a scent trail. The largest snake species ever to live was called the Titanoboa. Titanoboa. Growing nearly 50 feet long and weighing 2,500 pounds. There is a photo on the drive. Titanoboa, like Titanic, like huge? I like Titanoboa. Okay. We'll go with your pronunciation. Titanoboa. Yeah, this statue is wild. I was going to ask about it, and then I was like, she'll probably get to it, so I didn't ask about it. So do you see that? like crocodile in its mouth yeah it and the 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 fully adult humans standing near it that look tiny because this thing is so fucking big so this thing lived about 60 million years ago in what is now colombia and that that crocodile that it's eating is like a a giant jurassic crocodile like an old yeah like 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 one of the size of a big ass fucker that we could still see today, but like mm-hmm. it shows how I mean he's eating it like it's nothing. Deep throating that motherfucker. It's a skittle. Yeah. It, this is just a snack. There were also pictures like illustrations on the internet of them of this type of snake eating like sharks and shit. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that it was lived in the water also, did, or like a little some bit of both. variation of it lived in the water, maybe just near the water. I don't know. It's well, fucking it's, huge. It's shocking how big this thing is. That's yes. terrifying to think that that ever roamed the earth. It super is. Okay, so the last little bit of my segment, I was watching True Detective earlier the first season because Corey hadn't seen it, so we were watching it together. Okay. And I was reminded about like Pentecostal like snake handling. Mm-hmm. That is sort of a, I don't know if I call it a trope, but it's like a theme in like ho- like horror, kind of like yeah. Southern Gothic horror mm-hmm. genre movies and whatever. Yeah. So I wanted to dig into that just a little bit. So snake handling, also called serpent handling, is a religious rite observed in a small number of isolated churches, mostly in the United States. Mm. Starting in the early it started in the, in the early 20th century in Appalachia, so like around 1910. It's largely linked to Pentecostal churches. Mm-hmm. So handling snakes as a means of proving one's faith and virtue in the eyes of God can't definitively be linked to one person or one church. But mm-hmm. there was a guy by the name of George Went Hensley who was like very charismatic, very much a like, you know, preaching in the tent Mm. He was a leader. He traveled around the South ministering. He was really into the snake stuff. So he was like bringing his snakes with him and he spread he spread the whole snake thing. Mm -hmm. So this is a this is from Wikipedia. If believers truly had the Holy Spirit within them, Hensley argued, they should be able to handle rattlesnakes and any number of other venomous serpents. They should also be able to drink poison. And suffer no harm whatsoever. You guys. Yeah. No. Yep. So God gave us the good sense to stay the fuck away from that shit so that we could survive and have free will. How about that? God gave us snakeophobia for a reason. 
Yeah. So he traveled around. He spread it to a lot of these smaller churches, and then all these other churches kind of started doing it independently. The snake handling thing didn't last very long. It was sort of like in vogue for maybe 20 years. Mm -hmm. But then states individually started passing laws against handling venomous animals because of this. People were probably fucking dying. Absolutely, people were dying. So, like, laws were passed to try to prevent this from happening. Mm -hmm. But in early July of 1955, I have a couple pictures of Hensley, which you can see, too. Yeah, he's gross. Hensley began a series of meetings near Alpha, Florida. Alta, Alpha. He sure. conducted the meetings without snakes for three weeks, building it up before procuring a five-foot-long snake. Didn't see what what species it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if rattlesnakes get to be five feet long, but it sounds like he was using mostly rattlesnakes, probably for the drama of mm-hmm. the sound. The sound, yeah. Okay, so he procured a five-foot-long snake and brought it to a Sunday afternoon service on July 24th. Several dozen people gathered at an abandoned blacksmith shop for the observance. During the service, Hensley loudly delivered a sermon on the topic of faith. He mm-hmm. removed the snake from the lard can in which it was stored. Oh, poor snake. Wrapped it around his neck and rubbed it on his face. He was antagonizing the snake big time i mean i do that with beans but well that's different. beans she doesn't have fangs yes yeah, or does. a system of venom delivery that she doesn't have but she does have really rank farts cute she has a system of gas delivery mm. poison mm-hmm. venomous either way poisonous gas <laughs> noxious so he so he had the snake wrapped around his neck all on his face he walked around the audience while preaching and then returned the snake to the lard can. As he was placing the snake into the can, it bit him on his wrist. Yeah, and he fucking deserved it. After a few minutes, Hensley became visibly ill, experiencing severe pain, a discolored arm, and hematemesis, which is vomiting blood. He refused medical attention. God will heal me. Although he remained in pain and was urged to seek treatment by both congregants and the Calhoun County Sheriff, so someone must have called the cops, one eyewitness claimed that Hensley attributed his suffering to the congregation's lack of faith. You Fuck did this. you. Yeah, it's your fault. Although his wife Sally stated that she believed it was the will of God. Hensley died early the next morning. Bye. And Calhoun County Judge Hannah Gaskin ruled his death a suicide. Yeah, as get yeah, correct. Yeah. What a douche. I mean, he was go- he was going around with the snake bit for decades. Yeah, he he fucking asked for it. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Cool. Fuck that guy. So uh, that's a little bit about like Pentecostal and other like Christian denominations snake serpent. Well, handling. that's not the direction that my case goes, but that is fascinating stuff. Good. I hope you learned a lot about snakes and uh, I really did. Twin dicks and all sorts of shit. And twin clits. Yes. Well, great. Let's uh, split clit. Take, let's take another <laughs> little break and hear a word from our sponsors and come back with my case. Let's do it. Big shout out to Crunch Labs for sponsoring this portion of today's episode. If you've never heard of Crunch Labs, uh, you might be missing out because mm-hmm. Crunch Labs is a 
STEM-focused monthly subscription build box for kids. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a subscription. You get a really fun toy in the mail every single month. So they've got like cool like uh, disc launchers and mm -hmm. I mean I the the fidget the toys are that you build. Endless. Yeah, they're like engineering projects for kids, and they're really fun. Mm -hmm. And then you put them together by watching a video from former NASA engineer turned YouTuber, Mark Rober, where he teaches all the juicy physics that make this toy work. I gave mine to my nephew mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, I saw this on YouTube, this is so great. And I was like, kind of blown away at how excited he was about this. Yeah, there's like a five, six year old girl who lives right across the street from us and she is obsessed with building things. Like she loves Legos and stuff like that. So I brought one of these, I brought the disc launcher one over to her and she lost her ever loving mind. <laughs> so much fun. And this box is different from other subscriptions because each build comes with what Lucy mentioned, that guided video from everyone's favorite YouTuber and NASA engineer, Mark Rober. This makes a phenomenal gift if you have some kiddo in your life who absolutely loves to, like, build mischievous little devices. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is such a fun way for, like, parents and kids to do something together. Or you could be the cool aunt and come over each month with, like, this cool new toy that you can build together. I mean, That's way me. to be. I'm yeah. The, I'm the cool aunt now. Same. Wait, <laughs> I'm going to become the favorite of every child in my life because of Crunch Labs. <laughs> That's bribery. Mm-hmm. So check out Crunch Labs today. Go to crunchlabs.com forward slash gals and get your kids a Crunch Labs subscription today. Are you ready for my case? It's a roller coaster. I love a good roller coaster. Just kidding. Well, I hate roller coasters in real life. I do too. But <laughs> the proverbial roller coaster I'm fine with. Yes. I love snacks. Okay. So this is like the best. You're Did a you know? Snacks fiend. Snacks fiend. Snacks addict. I am such a snacks. <laughs> I am a snacks addict. Did, and did you know that some snacks can be sold for tens of thousands of dollars depending on their like rotation or breeding? Yeah. I mean, I guess. I don't know. It's I didn't free economy, so I I didn't know that, but now that I do, I'm considering cashing in on this snack business. <laughs> snacks work. Snack uh, snack world. Snacks Sna world. Snacks work. <laughs> snacks worker. <laughs> Although maybe I should think twice because after diving into this case, it all seems pretty murdery, but like Amanda's anaconda attic does have an amazing <laughs> ring to it. Triple <laughs> A. Yeah. So this is the story of the messy life and death of Ben Rennick, a.k.a. the Missouri Snake King. All Bens are trash. Just kidding. All Hi, Ben. Yeah, love Ben. You. <laughs> no, we love you, Ben. This is a lovely crown befitting of a lovely man. Ben really was a good dude, and he was dealt a shit hand. He was an anomaly among Bens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first nice Ben, including <laughs> your sister's fiance that I've ever met. Oh, shit. I forgot about that Ben. <laughs> yeah, we know a lot of Bens, and they a lot they are very lovely. We I know only exactly know a handful two of crummy Bens. bens. <laughs> no, th I know at least three Bens. Okay. Anyway. You're giving me the Bens. Ben was a well-known <laughs> snake breeder. I mean, obviously, he was the fucking king. Mm -hmm. Famous for his anacondas, reticulated pythons, and ball python morphs, which are really cool in name, but they don't change shape. It just means they have cool pattern mutations and colors. Kind of boring, but whatever. 
What does reticulated mean? I'm going to Google it. But reticulated definition on its own. I've it, heard that in medical It means like jargon. patterned. Oh, okay. So if you cool. picture like snakeskin boots, that mm-hmm. would be an example of a reticulated python skin. It's like cool. it's there's a pattern to it. Okay. Great. So yeah. Ben's obsession with snakes began in the yard of his family's 70-acre farm. And this is Missouri, so we just sort of imagine you go outside to play in the grass and just 10 million snakes burst out of the ground like you're opening one of those prank cans. Is that what you'd imagine? I don't know a whole (laughs) lot about Missouri, but (laughs) I assume that's what it was like. And so it's only natural. Like, what else are you going to do but hang out with snakes when you're in a living on a 70 acre farm in Missouri? You know, what else is going to happen? I've only ever driven through Missouri. I haven't spent time in Missouri, but I can't That's, say that I, I saw I saw more handguns than snakes in Missouri. Well, from the car. Yeah. More Confederate flags than Missouri than snakes. But yeah, that's don't all love that. Love, yeah. So Ben grows up loving snakes and uh, he turns this hobby into a very lucrative business. He establishes Renix Reptiles in 2010 and at its peak has Here's me shuddering at the mere volume of snakes, because even if you love snakes, this is too many fucking snakes. Three fucking thousand reptiles in his like personal, well, business collection. But this is like he he kept them on their 70 acre property. No. Like in a in like a building. He had over 3,000 reptiles. I honestly don't know how much an acre is, so I can't conceptualize how much 70 acres is, but I feel like 3,000 reptiles would fill it. The footprint of my entire like yard is barely even like a quarter of an acre. Okay. So like multiply my entire lot by four, that's one acre-ish. And so then it's that, a lot of acres, 70, but it's a 70, lot of land. And also, depending on the reptile, is it a thread snake or is it a fucking t- titanuba or whatever we said? No, this is like his... Tituba. <laughs> this is like his breeding business where he has like the articulated pythons and anacondas and shit. He has a lot of small stuff, but he also has a lot of big fuckers. Right. So it's a lot of snakes. And this is like the same amount of snakes as that scene in Indiana Jones with all the snakes. That's never, just like his house. Never seen Indiana Jones. The Indiana Jones and like Star Wars, same category to me. I just have no desire. I do, I'm not into it. I can't with you. So the <laughs> rarest of these snakes can go for about 20 grand. Some ball pythons can fetch more than a million dollars in some places. The fuck? And, like, he's moving reptiles in bulk, so business is very good. <laughs> Fuck off. I'll do it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so hiss. Boo hiss. He meets a woman named Lindley. We'll get to Lindley. They get married. She gets pregnant, like not with 3,000 snakes, but I did think about that. And now I'm scared of the oxy nightmare that I imagine will be fueled by that thought. But while Ew. Ben was starting up his family, Ben's father, Frank Rennick, is not doing so well. And this evolves into Frank dabbling in some serious crime. And like those stories often begin, Frank was facing a mountain of financial troubles. So naturally, he starts a Ponzi scheme centered around a pet food company. Uh, okay. Like snake food? 
like uh, baby mice. Just like <laughs> not. It's like, no. It's like pet food, like kibbles and oh, all and all kinds of bits. Okay, and compounding and not just causing. Like there were already financial issues, but this just made it so much worse. Frank's wife, Ben's mom, or stepmom, I don't really remember, developed stage four breast cancer and like needed treatment and was dying. Mm. So they really needed the money to pay for her treatment. So it paid for his wife's treatment, but also like their very nice family property, their 70 acre farm. They had like a moderately lavish lifestyle. Like they had some cars and equipment, things like that. And like, we know that a Ponzi scheme is not a forever solution. Folks come knocking for their promised returns on investment and you can't it's, skirt them forever. It's it's finite. Yeah. And in 2012, the Fed started closing in because he had taken all these investments for this like growing pet food company and then just spent it on their house and her treatment. Mm-hmm. And literally 24 hours before the Feds are set to arrive at the family property, Frank Rennick knowing the jig was up, uh, died by suicide with a, with a gun. <sighs> I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Oh. So obviously Ben Just and leaving his... everyone else to deal with it. Well, yeah. Ben and his brother Sam are devastated. His mom, their mom, I don't think, got saddled with anything. She's literally dying. Uh, um, yeah, well, that was probably not because she legally wasn't obligated. Right. It was just like a mercy. Right. And so Ben... Took over the sprawling family farm, which he inherited, um, and he would, like, expand his reptile breeding facilities. And his brother, Sam, also moved into the property because it's, again, it's huge. So it's large enough for them to, like, each have their own house on this land. Yeah. So shortly after their father's death, Ben and Lin Lee welcome their newborn daughter in March of 2012. And she's probably super cute, but I'm confident she's not nearly as cute as Lucy's baby. My baby is objectively really fucking adorable. Yeah, she's. It's I just gotta she's say really it. Cute. Yeah, say it. I'm. I'm saying it. You gotta say it too. Love it. So they're still reeling from Frank's death and putting the pieces of their life back together. And with Frank's like, not only his death but like the implosion of his Ponzi scheme, all the press around this, it's just like it's all too much. Mm-hmm. So Ben like really commits himself to his passion of raising and like selling these reptiles to support his family because his dad, like they got the property, but I'm sure they had to pay at the IRS everything out of whatever estate was left over that they could. He so, kind like, of has they got- no option, but to like lean in to what he exactly. already has. Yeah. So He's legit. He's curated an absolutely incredible snake and reptile collection. And he's like a well-known breeder in in this, like, I guess, southern Midwest, Missouri. And folks like want to get their hands on this collection because they know it's super valuable. So people just people just want to buy these animals as like pets. Yep. It's not Exotic like pets. a zoo or anything no. like that. OK. Nope. it's like totally exotic pets and also just like his love of reptiles so he had a lot that he wasn't even selling what a weird love such a weird love (laughs) in 2017 he made a deal with nhl vegas golden knights goalie which is just a string of gibberish (laughs) words none of that makes sense robin laner (laughs) to sell most of his snakes that's just mad libs like dude mad salad <laughs> most of his snakes and his um breeding business for a whopping 1.2 million dollar deal because i guess nhl no nhl goalies just famously love large quantities of snakes so they had to have it i think anyone who can afford 
anything for $1.2 million is bound to be into snakes. Also, can you imagine though buying $1.2 million worth of snakes? I can't, but I learned recently that Nicolas Cage. Yeah. The the reason why he's in so many fucking movies lately is because he's completely broke. Broke because he spent all of his money on reptiles. And among other things, but yeah, he's a lunatic. Well, yeah, I'm sure among those. So things. things seem to be going well. He strikes this deal, which is like a huge relief to them. Now all debts can be paid. They've got the property. He's got this new baby. They're they're doing great. Until June 8th, around 5.53 p.m., Ben's wife, Lindley, gets a message that Ben did not pick up their kid from school as planned. He was eaten by a ball python. Well... She starts looking everywhere for him, including in the Shudder reptile breeding facility, where just outside of that facility, she finds Ben, like, in the yard, dead. Oh, my God. Lindley calls to Sam, their brother, who is on the property, but it's a 70-acre property, so it takes him a minute to get there, but he rushes over. He hopped in his gator, zoomed right over. He gets to the scene and the two of them call 911 together. And uh, on her 911 call, she says, quote, my husband's on the ground and there's blood everywhere. Oh, she gets really overwhelmed. Sam takes over on the phone. Sam speculates that it's possible a snake attacked him. Quote, he raises 500 pound snakes. (laughs) Ben is looking. uh, Sam is looking at Ben and sees that Ben's head is like deformed, which he speculates could mean it could have been crushed. Like, this is what it looked like to him. Stop. And he sees what could be puncture wounds in his brother's arm and wonders if they're from fangs. Oh, so like, it was enjoy a your full body chills. Ew. I, oh. Yeah. Police arrive on the scene. The cops are terrified. This property has thousands of snakes on it and one potentially big enough to kill a full-grown man that is apparently loose and, like, has already yeah. killed once and has a thirst for blood. <laughs> one is an actual murderer. Yep. So this uh, is obviously, like, terrifying, but I also could not help but giggle at imagining a bunch of squeamish cops looking all over the farm for a giant man-eating snake. <laughs> like, this sounds like a fucking clown show. <laughs> and a body cam audio captured a police officer screaming, I don't care if it's a five-inch long snake. If something tries to bite me, I'm going to light its ass up. <laughs> I'm going to tase that fucker. It's going down. (laughs) I'm going to light its ass up. Yeah. So these cops are standing around like itchy trigger fingers looking for those giant screaming snakes from Anaconda (laughs) to come like bursting out of the Missouri grass at them. (laughs) That's so gross. Yeah. But as they're like kicking around looking for maybe a fucking snake, (laughs) they instead find... Bullet casings. <gasps> oh, and as different we know, kind of snake. Snakes are not great at using guns. No fingers. Yep. So we <laughs> stopped. We pretty quickly stopped thinking it was a snake. Wow. At the scene, Ben's wife Lynn Lay was described as hysterical, of course. Mm. But she and Sam's hands were tested for gunshot residue. They gave testimony, like they gave statements. The residue tests were negative. People were like, she's just freaking out. It's her husband. In a one-on-one interview with a detective, Lynn Lee did make a startling claim 
saying that Sam might have had a motive to kill his brother. Oh, Sam, shocked at the accusation, compiled entirely or complied, excuse me, entirely with investigators. He said, quote, I provided them, you know, everything I had, my cell phone, the shirt off my back, my alibis to where I was when the murder happened. I gave a polygraph like he he, he did it all. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the lack of residue and her finger pointing at Sam, Lin Lee was looking more and more like a suspect, like a snake in the grass. Oh. And like we always say, it's almost never the snakes, but it's usually the spouse. Yeah. Lin Lee, which I classify as a tragedy name because it's L-Y-N-L-E-E, like McKenna Tinsley by Lin Lee. Oh, it's one word? Yeah. Lin Lee. Tragedy, T-R-A-G-E-D-E-I-G-H, tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) McKenna Tinsley May Lynn Lay. Tragedy Marie. Tragedy Marie. (laughs) Gunner Marie. Gunner Marie. (laughs) That and the the paintbrush will forever be my favorite coven confessions. Listen, I know that everyone's I, going around saying that I'm collecting your hair and making it into a paintbrush, but just so you know, it's I not swear true. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, I forgot about the paintbrush. Gunner Marie, no. Gunner Marie <laughs> puking in the back. She farted so bad. <laughs> Holy shit, I can't wait for the next gag. All right. So, Lindley had once worked as a massage therapist (laughs) and her husband being supportive and lovely had really stepped up to support her in the opening of her own spot, which she called Ascentia Spa. Oh, she called what? Ascentia. Oh. Tell him Ascentia Spa. (laughs) Who sent you? I sent you. Tell him Lily Ascentia. (laughs) This... This was not nearly as surefire an operation as, I guess, swarms of snakes because the business was hemorrhaging money. Oh, no. (laughs) Tension had started to develop because his business was doing super well and, like, he had even sold most of it, most of his collection for more than a million dollars while her business is actively losing money. She's losing clients. And there were allegations that she started to get paranoid that with Ben's big payout, he would leave her and take the kids. Which there's... No evidence to corroborate that he had any intention of leaving his wife and taking their children. Like, yeah, that's so on paper own, that was just paranoia. Yep, weird, je- like jealousy. Just her almost. own Delulu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Facebook arguments, which like yikes! It doesn't get <laughs> more Missouri boomer than a Facebook argu- argument. The most reliable and source water holding arguments yeah. of them all. Yeah. Showed that Ben discovered her uh, her business, Lindley's business, was not only losing money, but that she owed employees a lot of money in back wages and that she had been lying about paying them. And his lap, I guess they like only communicated on Facebook Messenger, which I know a handful of people who do this. John, I'm looking at you, not our editor. The spouses? Yes. They like used it as their preferred communication platform. The, spa- other over the husband and wife? Husband did? and wife. Yes. What the fuck? I know. Well, they did have 70 acres. They made love. They made love. So his last message to her read, quote, no more lying, no more keeping things from me, no more not paying people and thinking it's okay to pay later. Which to me sounds like we got to figure this out. 
Yeah. You're my wife. I'm fucking holding you accountable. We got to we got to get this under control. Yeah. You can't just not be paying your employees. This doesn't come off to me as threatening in any way or even like that angry. This seems just like normal after finding out something like this. Yeah, it also ben, kind of do, it it doesn't necessarily seem like it's pointing fingers at her. Mm-mm. It's like this needs to stop. We are going to fix it. I mean, he didn't say we, yeah, but like no. But I think that to me seems like the no more keeping things from me. Like you can't not tell me this stuff that's pertinent to our family. Mm-hmm. Like we got to figure this out. Is what that sounds like to me. It does. It does. It doesn't seem accusatory. No, or threatening in any yeah. way. Mm-hmm. So. What Ben didn't know is that at the time, all, like all of this was going down, Lynn Lee was involved in two affairs, one with a man that she had hired to two. marketing. F- two. Who, I don't, has who has the, the fucking time? time? Seriously. With all these snakes to feed? Seriously. One with a guy she'd hired to do marketing for her spa, who like clearly wasn't doing that great a job if they're hemorrhaging money. And one with a man named Brandon Blackwell, who she had met on Ashley Madison. And we will get back to Brandon later but like she was cheating on it is ashley madison like a social site so ashley madison is it for people who want to have affairs yes is specifically a like discreet website for people who want to have affairs or be the mistress Uh, mister uh, and if you if you are familiar with it it's because there was a huge hack like a leak of their database several years ago. And my sister and I put my dad's email in there hoping that we'd get something fun. Like he had a secret family <laughs> or like ever cheated. And it was nothing came up because my dad was so boringly Boring. wholesome. He gave you nothing. 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 Absolutely nothing to work with. No scandal. <laughs> like, Okay. <laughs> truly robbed. Anyway, whatever. All of this tracks now that I, I like, yeah, I know that. That's how you heard of it. Yeah. Because yeah. I've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. So Facebook messages, again, they use Facebook a lot, showed that Ben was suspicious of her infidelity, but apparently didn't have evidence. So he didn't like push it. So this all tracks to investigators. Like here's Lynn Lee, her business on the brink of collapse. Her husband cuts a big deal and secures a lump sum of cash. Then, you know, he's on to her about her affairs. She stands to lose her business and her family and her financial security. Because if she was already thinking Ben's going to take the money and run, he's sure as shit not going to pay you a goddamn dime if he gets confirmation that you're cheating. So, like, you're not in a good position here. Mm -hmm. She's being extra defensive. She's being extra defensive. And there's probably, like, at least 50 snakes in her house at any given time. So she's, like, probably on edge. So she just full on breaks bad. She goes like full Walter White. Oh, boy. Lindley approaches the manager and bookkeeper of her spa, a woman named Ashley Shaw. Ashley Shaw Ashley who works Madison. for a spa. Okay. Ashley Madison Shaw. Who works for a Shenzhen spa. A Shenzhen spa. <laughs> so Lindley tells Ashley about her marital issues and shows her some suspicious bruises on her arm, implying that Ben had harmed her physically. Okay. Now, this angle is sticky as there is no evidence or documentation of any history of abuse. But of course, we're believing that doesn't mean women. That it's, yep. That doesn't mean that she's lying necessarily. Like it could be true mm-hmm. that he had harmed her. But given what we know and what we will continue to get into in this case, I, I and I famously hate women. So yeah. there is that. There's I that. think this is much more likely to be a setup. I think she's manipulating her friend and coworker 
into getting on board with a murder plot. And that's why she says it. Mm. It could also be both. You know, there, yeah. it, this is definitely a there's no way to know situation, but the, the timing is very suspect. They've been together for a while. Now suddenly she has these bruises. She's going to Ashley about it. And then she asks Ashley to help her kill her husband. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So she convinces Ashley that this is the only way for her to be safe is to kill her husband. Yeah. According to her, divorce is not an option. He's got the money. He'll leave her ruined. He'll take the kids. She's afraid of him, like that sort of shit. So her answer is to kill the snake king of Missouri. Yeah, we have to. It's the only way out. Yep. So from Ashley's testimony, she said, quote, she asked if I could get any um thing, any prescription pills or anything in the amount that could um help her kill him. So I got her um perk. It was Percocet. I'm pretty sure. And there was, um, I think, 15 of them. So Ashley's stone cold on the stand. <laughs> so Ashley Shaw obtained somewhere between 10 and 15 Percocet for Lin Lee, which Lin Lee blends into Ban's protein shake. Good morning, Ban. All your daily, I've made your daily green drink. Mm-hmm. He drinks it and becomes violently ill and eventually so ill that he, like, can't get out of bed. He's like puking. He's really sick. Well, at least he's puking it up. Yep. Maybe from a lifetime of building up immunity due to snack bites, but Ben <laughs> miraculously survives the, the poisoning slash overdose without medical intervention. He never knew that he had been poisoned. He thought it was like a flu. Oh. Like a freak illness. Okay. The Lindley-Ashley murder team go back to the drawing board and decide they need a gun. They need, like, something more certain. You don't need a fucking gun. Yeah. Well, yeah. So to assist with the murder attempt number two, they enlist the help of a man named Michael Humphrey. They're just bringing people in from the outside. Yeah. Why not? Just uh, open casting call. It's so sloppy, and that really bites them, bites her, Lindley, <sighs> like a snake in the butt. Oh. <sighs> So Michael Humphrey is a former boyfriend of Lynn Lee from years earlier who she had fallen out of contact with. And like, I cannot get over how funny this detail is because she <laughs> finds his address by trolling around on the CaseNet website because he has an extensive record. So she was like, <laughs> I know how I can find it. Well, Go she's probably Net. like, I need someone to murder my husband. Oh, I have an ex-boyfriend who I'm with sure a record. would be just the guy. Yep. And I can find his address. Yep. Oh, my God. So Lindley and Ashley head to his trailer together and give him the pitch. Mm. They claim that Ben had sexually abused Lindley and that in self-defense or revenge, they had poisoned him, but he lived and asked if Michael knew anyone who could kill him. That's obviously a lot to take in. But Humphrey tells them, like, I'm going to sleep on it. And uh, <laughs> see if I know anyone who can help. But then he himself shows up at Ascension Spa a few days later and is like, I can get you a gun. Let's do this. Yep. Wow. Another amazing little detail to keep these meetings about gun exchanges and murder attempts off of their phones. He books massage appointments at Ascension and comes in to discuss <laughs> the like full on murder plot over like coconut rubs and facials. <laughs> What a way to plot. I mean, he's going to look great by the time it actually You're comes glowing, Michael. Him. Yes. You, you look so good for trial. Michael. 
Michael and Lindley finally decide it's going down, okay? They push aside the lavender body scrub and decide to drive (laughs) out to the family farm with the gun. They get in the car, ready to go murder, and the car breaks down. Oh, that's Jesus, honey. Uh, Yep. I literally said, I cannot imagine more signs from the universe being like, stop, this isn't good. It didn't work the last time. Please don't do this. But they did not listen to the universe. But it does take so long to get the car. Like, And this car is a busted ass looking piece of shit. Takes so long to get the car jumped and working again that they've sort of blown their time window for the day. So they call (laughs) it and decide to reschedule their murder for June 8th. I sent you my Calendly. It's, yeah, it's so fucking frustrating to me that they were successful in killing Ben, who does not deserve any of this. Not that anyone ever deserves it. But it's like these people are so stupid and they're so bad at this and they still fucking succeeded at taking somebody's life. It's just, yeah, life is fragile. Yeah, it fucking hurts. Yeah. So according to Ashley Shaw's testimony, Lindley plans a date night with Ben to see the Wonder Woman movie. They get a babysitter and everything. Oh, they got a sitter. Lindley and Ashley are at the spa earlier in the day waiting on Michael Humphrey, but hours go by and he's late. Like, probably his car broke down again. Lindley is getting agitated because she really wants to, like, get to the killing of her husband. Was he going to kill him, like, in the parking garage or? No, they were just going to go to the house together. And oh, do it. okay. Finally, Humph, Mac Humph, rolls in like two or three in in the afternoon. <laughs> Ashley didn't see Michael Humphrey roll up, but like see him physically. But she did see his busted ass car in the parking lot, so she knows he was there. Okay. Humphrey, Michael Humphrey, and Lindley head to the fucking reptile breeding facility. Cue my shutter. The snake sex room. Yep. And Ashley stays back at Ascension Spa with Lindley's phone so that the phone can be pinged there and so that mm. Ashley can send text messages from the spa to corroborate her location at the mm-hmm. spa. Okay. It's the smartest thing they've done. I know. <laughs> Ashley gets too nervous to actually send any texts. Like, it's one thing to talk about helping your friend murder her husband, but then it's another to really get in there and cover her tracks. Yeah. So I guess Ashley is just, like, not as ride or die as Heather Gay of Salt Lake City, but... I mean, I've thought of this exact scenario, honestly, but it's I like, oh, I'll help, you. You ba- I'll help you bury the body. It's like, mm-hmm. would you? I But we all know my aversion to digging holes. But, yes, like, when it comes do. down to it... Um, I think you know. I think I would have to definitely take some of my Xanax before mm-hmm. I did, because yeah. the, the nerves, babe. Yeah, that's fair. So Lindley and Michael arrive at the farm, and one of them, we're not sure who, shot Ben eight times. Oh, Hence, eight. like, his deformed head. He'd probably just been shot so many times in the body and face that his head looked crushed. Oh, stop. That yeah. is morbid. Yeah. Isn't that horrifying? Whoa. Yep. His head just exploded, kind of. It's unclear who pulled the trigger. Both pointed fingers at the other at trial, though Ashley would testify that initially Lindley and... Lynn Lee said Michael did it, but later changed her story and admitted that she did it, mm-hmm. saying, quote, oh, no, once we got there, I was fine to do it. So he handed me the gun and I did it. And it's possible that she washed up before calling police so that she wouldn't have residue on her or blood. 
hence passing the forensic test. Yeah, you better have washed up. I mean, yeah, she may have easily washed up before even alerting Sam. Yeah. You know, not not implausible. And it's also not implausible that Sam wouldn't have heard anything in his own house doing God knows what 70 acres away. Absolutely. You know, so the police going through her phone, ask her about her involvement with Michael. She says his mother was a client and that he was an old boyfriend. And so they had been in touch through his mom coming into the spa. But Michael's version is different because these dum-dums can think to maybe shower after murdering someone, but like not to get their fucking stories straight. Oh, my God. And he claimed that they reconnected because she came to have a car stereo installed. And they the the investigators are like specific. Yeah. The investigators are like, uh, that's not what she said. Like what really happened? And he immediately admits to be admits to being present at the farm. Like he rolls oh, over so fast. My God. Also, I just realized Lynn Lee mm-hmm. reminds me of Laura Lee from Vanderpump mm-hmm. Rules. Mm-hmm. The one that Jack's fucks in the bathroom. Correct. Hundred percent. That I, like in my head, that's what she looks like, and mm-hmm. probably has. Actually, the- if you look at her on the drive, which will be on the blog, that they, they, they're not dissimilar. They don't. They do actually look alike. Don't strike me as the smartest people in the room either. No, but like, look at the Lynn Lee photo with her little lip ring. Look like her. Like she actually does look like Laura Lee. Her tiny little mouth. Yeah, dude, she looks just like a blonde version of Laura Lee. Yeah, it's actually kind of creepy now that you bring that up. Oh, (laughs) you're gonna have to put some Laura Lee pics on the drive for people to do a comparison on it. Fucking on it. (laughs) So under the pressure, all of her accomplices turn on her immediately. Michael Humphrey's version of events at trial goes like this, quote, I came with her to confront him and be backup for her breaking up with him. But before I could do anything, she had a gun in her hand and he fled as she opened fire on him. Michael also led the police to the murder weapon. Lynn Lee's version is I walked up right behind Michael and then Michael turned around and I saw a gun in his hands and I screamed and I ran like she was trying to claim that Michael did it to get back together with her or something. At trial, Lynn Lee's extensive use of Ashley Madison, the website, surfaced, (laughs) and she was painted as a very online killer, which is like a super boomery sentiment. It just means like you looked up up everything online and you left a massive trail. (laughs) But to her credit, she did find herself one of her accomplices online because if we remember from earlier, this is where we get back to Brandon Blackwell. Oh, right. And if you're wondering who that is, He's Lynn Lee's boyfriend of several months prior to Ben's death, who she found on Ashley Madison to cheat on cheat on Ben with. Like, it's nuts. So you also cannot make this up. After Ben was murdered, Brandon sent her a condolence card, oh, which God. reconnected them after they had broken up. Like, they broke up before Ben's murder. He sends a condolence card. They reconnect, reignite their romance. No. And she got pregnant with his baby <gasps> while being investigated for Ben's murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not great timing. Yeah. Ben. Like, oh, she no. needs a reality show, but also don't give her this fucking ghoul, no. the satisfaction of fame. But like, am I problematic enough to watch it? Probably. Yeah, because this woman a is a mess. mess. Oh no, Lindley, no, Lindley. <laughs> Blackwell testified that they eventually discussed the murder and that she confessed to him that she had done it. 
but not before putting their cell phones in another room so that they wouldn't like get targeted Facebook ads for hired hitmen, I guess. She was like, <laughs> some of this stuff she was smart about and other stuff she was just so stupid. So stupid about. Yeah, like the leaving the phone with what's her name at the salon. Like there certain things got really thought out and yeah. certain things soups did not. Exactly. So Blackwell and Lily did have an ugly breakup. This led to a protection order, which he violated and got arrested for. And while in jail, he called investigators to completely rat Lindley out and give away everything that she had told him in confidence. So hell hath no fury like a hillbilly scorned, I tell you. <laughs> so Blackwell, Ashley, and Michael are now all testifying against Lindley. Michael and Ashley catch first-degree murder charges, cooperating for le more lenient sentencing the, because of their role in this. The prosecution story of a serial cheater who was afraid of getting caught, of losing the money, deep in debt, wanting to collect on his million-dollar life insurance, which she, she would have gotten, keep the kids and the cash from snake sales... It's oh all God, very how compelling. How many kids did they have? I forgot. Two, I believe. <laughs> now she's pregnant with a th with a third on on the stand, I guess. Yeah. So that's a sympathetic uh, client, I guess, from the yeah. lawyer's perspective. But maybe not if it's from your lover. No. <laughs> no. While you're on trial for your husband's murder. Woo. Okay. I'll take that. So back. it's obviously a very compelling prosecution case, and. The fucking jury agreed and she was found uh -huh. guilty and was sentenced to 16 years in prison and will be eligible for parole by 2035. And people were frustrated about how short that sentence was. But given the fact that they couldn't confirm that she had pulled the trigger, this was like kind of the maximum under Missouri law that she could be sentenced because mm. they got first degree murder, but it wasn't like capital murder. I don't know what it was, but it's like, First degree murder in her case with like stipulations or no, Michael and Ashley got first degree. Lindley got something else. I'm trying to remember what she was charged with. But yeah, they couldn't figure out if Michael and Ashley got first degree murder and Lindley got less. That doesn't sound right. Why would I know Michael did? Why would Ashley get it? I think sorry, Michael and Lindley. OK, there's too many fucking Lees. Michael and Lindley <laughs> get first degree murder charges. OK. Okay. But she's saying that Michael pulled the trigger. She's also pregnant. And like people, I, th I think the jury just couldn't confirm that she had done it. I think the jury knew that she had like, or felt confident that she had masterminded all of this, but not confident that she actually murdered him like with her hand, her trigger finger, her gun. Yeah, that's like the the line. Yep, and so she got pretty lenient sentencing. Michael did end up pleading down to second-degree murder in exchange for his testimony and for taking them to the murder weapon, but he still got life in prison because I think the understanding was that he, like they believed he had shot Ben, but he is okay. all, he will also eventually be eligible for parole, so he could get out as well. Jesus. Ashley Shaw was given immunity in exchange for her testimony. Oh, Some yeah. felt that this was too generous, given that she, like, plotted with Lin Lee twice and, like, was involved in a poisoning. Like, she got the Percocet for Lin Lee. Yeah. And lied to the police for, for the years that this investigation took. But she inevitably rolled over and kind of gave them everything they wanted. And she was, like, pivotal to putting Michael and Lin Lee away. So she got immunity. Yeah. I'm not 
trying to excuse her behavior, but if she it's, was sort of roped into this in the first place, thinking that it was a abusive situation. Right. She was manipulated for sure. Yeah. And I don't think mm-hmm. anyone in this scenario is all, all too smart. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Lindley is like recruiting CIA agents for this shit. Definitely not. Hard not. So at the end of the day, it, it's a tragedy because Ben... Rennick was very beloved. He was super important among, like, the reptile community. His work in, like, reptile breeding left a lasting impact, and a new breed of snake with a rare white mutation was named the Rennick Ghost in his honor. And I think there's a picture of the Rennick Ghost. Oh, is that him? Oh, I'm looking at pictures of him. Oh, this is a beautiful snake. Oh, my God. Michael Humphrey is... Yeah, he's nasty. Horrifying. He looks a little bit like blow bleeper. Yeah. His <laughs> fate, well, his it's the cheeks, ears. His cheeks are sunken in enough, but then they're accentuated by his facial hair, which is his like go- a goatee. Caref- carefully cropped to further accentuate mm-hmm. the caved in cheekbones. Mm-hmm. Or the caved in cheeks. Yep. Honey. Yeah. And Ben was so cute. I know. He was just such a little sweetie cutie pie. Little baby face. Loved I can't his snake. The Laura Lee comparison. They I know it's really scary. Alike. Like I I corporate wants you to find the difference between these two pictures. It's freaking <laughs> me out. Oh, anyway, that is a gorgeous snake. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you gotta go out, you might as well go out having a beautiful snake named after you. Exactly. So that is my case. Damn. Good I job. Know. Roller coaster, right? Definite roller coaster. And who would have thought that snake crimes mm-hmm. would have such a such fertile fertile. So fertile. Fertile fodder. <laughs> fertile fodder for snakes. Thank you to Peggy Laroe for your fan pick. This was a good one. And thank you to all who are listening. And we will see you next week. We will. We love you. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Our production manager is Andrea Gardner. For photos and sources, check out our blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can follow us on all the socials at Wine and Crime Pod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, and get access to all sorts of wine-fueled bonus content, visit our Patreon page. Cheers!